0: Hey hotties, it's ra here. I'm just popping in before the start of this episode to give a bit of a trigger warning. The topic of suicide comes up more than once in this episode and we just wanted to be cognizant of it and let you know about it in case you are sensitive to those kinds of issues and that kind of content. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the episode. Peace. Because, because I'm a hot girl. I'm a hot,
1: girl. I'm a hot, I do hot shit. Hot shit. Hot, hot, hot shit. shit hot shit. <laughs> I'm ahead.
0: Yeah, so what's chaot- going on? Oh, chaotic morning as fuck. I just overslept my alarm, which I never do. Um, and You're like I- the most
1: punctual person I know, by the way. Just so <laughs> you know, like fucking Rara is on time. <laughs>
0: I try to be, I try to be, because, you know, I don't want to be that person, like, holding shit up, like, but I also, like... You know, my morning ritual is like sacred to me because mm-hmm. it helps me set up my whole day for success. So yeah. when I don't get to do it, when I don't have enough time to do it, it throws me into a fucking tailspin. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I over—I went to sleep early last night so I could wake up at like 7.30 and mm-hmm. I guess my alarm went off and I pressed news or something. I don't remember. But long story short, I woke up at almost 10 a.m., which is like, uh, <laughs> which is two hours before we're supposed to record. So I was like, oh, great. <laughs> like, So I'm having a bit of a chaotic morning. Um, you are, too. What, what's going on
1: with you? Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, man. So, OK, this is my critique of Los Angeles uh, uh, roadway infrastructure. It fucking sucks. <laughs> um, I think so. The way that I think about L.A. is like, L.A. is the belly of a crumbling empire, you know, like I I think and that's true for probably most of the big cities, if not all of them in this country. Like you can look at the crumbling, actively crumbling infrastructure from the weight of just like all these people and poorly managed municipal systems Mm -hmm. um, just all around you. And so. Uh, long story short, I hit, like, a pothole yesterday driving, uh, Pablo back from daycare, and I was like, no big, <sighs> nothing happened, but I guess it was a slow leak, so this morning, um, you know, when we're rushing to get him to daycare, I get outside, and the car has a flat, and that I really just like, sucks. super sucks, super sucks, and I was just like, alright, well, fuck it, we're putting the kid in front of the TV for a little bit, and we're just, we're gonna rock with it, but it's like, <gasps> It's, yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't follow astrology as much as I should. But (laughs) if there's something happening in the stars, can, can someone with enough loo tell them to cut that shit out? Yeah, seriously, that's what I've just been blaming it on lately,
0: because I, I feel like every time I'm having a chaotic day, all of my uh-huh. friends are having a chaotic day, and I'm like, okay, well, something's going on, like, or maybe just our psychic waves are just, we're all just frazzled and over it, and yeah. Totally. I, it sucks, yeah. So, welcome to the Hot Girl Agenda, <laughs> the only podcast on the left that has the keys to the mainframe. Hey
1: god which
0: I can't, yeah yes so uh just a rundown of what we'll be talking about today i guess we should start doing that just so people are like what the hell are they t- going to be talking about um so we're going to be talking about the only fans uh, uh the only fans i sound like a fucking boomer uh only the OnlyFans. only fans <laughs> <laughs> the OnlyFans refer reverses the porn ban for now the Rise of Fake Vaccine Cards, and we are going to be talking about the not-so-classic 99, 1999 film, The Net, with Sandra Bullock. We watched it, so you don't have to.
1: <laughs>
0: Although you should. It's, it's a silly movie. It's kind of it's, a fun movie. It's,
1: it's pretty... I can't wait to talk about it. Very yeah. excited about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, getting into it, let's talk about the Patreon. Let's talk about it.
1: Let's do it. Um... <laughs> We love our Patreon subscribers. If you are a free listener, we would love for you to join. And Rara, we've got a little incentive going on, right? Yes, we do. So we're doing kind of like a end of the summer limited tier
0: for our Patreon, uh, which is perfect for the listeners who want to support us but are on a really tight budget. That's very common right now with everybody. So what we're doing is we're offering 20 listeners the chance to access our Patreon at the $1 level. So you get all the bonus episodes and video content of the $3 and $5 level, but you just have to pay so it's kind of a dollar. So it's kind of cool. Like if you want to check out what we're doing or if you're just like, oh, I've been listening to y'all for a while. Like, let me kick in a let me kick in a couple uh, couple dollar bills. So yeah, we're doing that. So it's first come, first serve. So the first 20 listeners. So hop on it. Um, this is probably going to be, um, I don't know if we're going to do this again. We'll see how it goes. But I just thought it would be fun because everyone's had a kind of a rough summer. And hey, mm-hmm. you know, our bonus episodes are really fucking cool. So $1 level. Get on that. Get on that shit. It's uh, patreon.com slash agenda.
1: And honestly, like even a like that small amount truly helps us put this show on and continue to deliver the content you love. Yeah. So that was it for my Patreon
0: plug. So I guess we should move into what hot girl shit we did this week.
1: Yeah. Okay. Can I talk about my hot girl shit? Because I'm actually really proud of it. Yes. Okay. So my hot girl shit was, um, so I've talked about this before. We've talked about mental health a lot on the pod, but. Um, so i've been going to therapy and it's been really helpful for me and i had a conflict with my partner like we had a fight and normally when i have a fight with with like a partner i like freak out and i'm just like i'm dipping like da, 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 like I'm, I'm i'm making separation like i i, I want to pull back right but this time thanks to therapy and the tools that i've been learning i decided to kind of Be curious about it. Like, why am I freaking out? Like, how can we, like, move through this? And we had a really great conversation and resolution. And that is my hot girl shit. Fucking taking care of my mental health and then utilizing those tools. So big W for me. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Very proud of you. Um, Yes. Mental health. Let's prioritize it. Let's try not to go totally bonkers in the next couple of years because that's going to be important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whew. What about you, Rara? What's going on? What'd oh, my God. So my hot girl shit
0: is not like, um, I don't know. I guess this is hot girl shit. I will just categorize it as such. So mm. I <clears throat> last week I had a, like a cold um, that I think turned into a sinus infection. Um, uh. And because summers are notoriously slow at the club, I have not been making nearly as much money as I needed to. So I went to work for three days in a row, which I never do. Um, which if you're a dancer or any kind of sex worker, you know, is really hard to do. Brutal. Um, it's pretty brutal. So I went to work three days in a row, all with a sinus infection. And I made the least amount of money I've made all year. Jesus. (laughs) Because customers suck and I hate them all. (laughs) And yesterday I went home crying from work, like oh. three hours early, because I just couldn't fucking stand it anymore. So that was my hot girl shows crying at work or crying in my car on the way home from work.
1: So. Rara, yeah. Honestly, like that's hot girl thugging it out in capitalism, and it <laughs> sucks. But like, wh- okay, I have questions because mm. you know when I was a when I was a sex worker, erotic massage, we didn't really have like seasons. Like, why is mm-hmm. summer a slow season?
0: Well, for strip clubs in particular, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think this is this is just like what I've seen from every single summer. What other sure. seasoned dancers have told me from previous summers as well is that, you know, August is when like the kids are going back to school. People mm-hmm. are coming back from vacation. So you have that post vacation kind of like sadness or whatever, and they're yeah. getting their households in order. And again, a lot of our customers are married with families, so like this is like a huge thing. Um, yeah. But I also think that this year in particular, like our more responsible customers are just kind of staying away because of the spike in COVID in yeah. Georgia, and like and and um, you know all the kids going back to school without mask mandates in Georgia means that. A lot of these kids are coming back home from school with positive COVID tests. So their parents have to stay at home with them. Yeah. Right. So that's, I think that's contributing to it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But also just, you know, I just really think that men are getting worse. (laughs) Like, well. <laughs> male customers are just getting worse and mm-hmm. more entitled, and I, I I just can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> um, totally. So I'm just, like, over I, – I know I need to go back to work, but I'm just fucking over it, and I'm trying to just, like, do some side hustles or something to fucking Thanks keep my head above percent. water while I mm-hmm. – you know, it's more, like, for my sanity than anything else. But, yeah, it's just been really tough. But you know what? Crying in your car – is something you just have to do sometimes, you know? Just gotta so, do it. Yeah. So solidarity for anyone else there that has cried in their car after their work shift because it's real rough out there for for everybody, but especially service industry workers. So yeah. <laughs>
1: That's true. It's so hard right now. And also if you're going out to eat and you're not tipping minimum 25%, or if you're going out for like some sort of, like, service engagement and you're not tipping high, like, fuck you. Stay home Um, because, like, that really sucks. Like, that really fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, and everyone was like, you know, everyone's been side-eyeing me at work because I've been, you know, I've had this persistent cough for, like, four days now and it just won't Mm -hmm. go away. And I took Mm -hmm. a rapid COVID test on Sunday, so I know I don't have COVID, but it really sucks being the fucking stripper at work that's like, hacking like that's like sucking down ricolas and hacking my lungs out (laughs) and trying to be sexy and and make it work and it's like my freaking house mom and my manager have been like oh are you okay and it's like i'm clearly not but i don't have sick days like y'all don't provide us sick days so if i stay home that money's coming out of the little money I've been able to save up this summer. So it's like, it's, it really sucks to have to weigh those options. So if you're going out to a fucking bar or club, you need to be tipping everybody 20%. Like you need to be fucking on top of that shit. Otherwise, get the fuck out of there. You're just a public health hazard with no like reason to be there. So yeah, so I'm, I'm very angry at male customers this week. Um, and I'm just very angry that strippers like, still don't have fucking sick days, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, and angry about a lot of stuff. But maybe we should talk about stuff I'm not angry about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's get into
1: it. Let's get into yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So, um, we talked a little bit on the Limp premium episode about OnlyFans uh, banning mm-hmm. porn. Well, that was rendered... Uh, null and void because OnlyFans just released a statement that is reversing the porn ban for now. So instead of going into effect October 1st, they're like, oh, we're not doing that anymore. So there's this kind of like, I think the damage has been done however um, totally yeah because a lot of people have already begun switching to other platforms mm-hmm. so it's like a little bit too little too late
1: but it's also indicative of the fact that bullying fucking works like bullying does
0: work and also tweeting in this case is organizing because tweeting
1: at, is organizing because yes. you know what
0: if twitter wasn't around all the main backlash for this only fan stuff has happened on twitter And it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been possible without everybody telling them that they were pieces of shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, stay on your toes because... OnlyFans could still be making the changes, but just like waiting till the bad publicity dies down to do it. And of course, they're still not promoting. They're only promoting safe for work content on their social medias and still ignoring sex workers. So, right. like, it's just a fundamentally bad company. It's it's a necessary evil for a lot of workers to deal with, but it's not a good pro sex worker company. Um, and it probably never will be. But it's a temporary victory for a lot of people, especially Mm. whose main income was on that platform. So
1: it also goes to show the the tenacity and like organizational capacity of sex workers like Mm -hmm. that shit popped off and then immediately, immediately um, sex workers were like, no nope nope this won't stand and there was like cohesive organization it was spontaneous and Mm -hmm. it was but it was strategic and directed and it got some results you know so, so mad props to all of the sex workers who held it down. Yeah, and
0: it was really cool because I was um, I was in a group where people were sharing a thread about, okay, we're going to do a massive shutdown of all of our accounts on October mm-hmm. 1st. Like, we're getting ready to, like, we're getting ready to delete all of our content and, like, basically try to shut it down as, as soon as the changes hit. And a lot of people were talking about doing that. And that's, like, the power of, you know – That's the power of sex worker organizing is it it is immediate. And also that is the power of Twitter because that was happening on Twitter. So, yeah, I want to just like I do want to talk about the tweeting. Tweeting is an organizing tweet that came out of DSA Los Angeles right after this. Yeah, like I I actually want to talk about it right after this. But there was another thing related to um, like porn sites that I did want to talk about frisk the site that is owned by sex workers that i was like saying like oh yeah this is a good uh platform to switch to well i'm taking that back folks <laughs> i'm taking that back because frisk um has had another data breach in less than a year and i was willing to forgive them the first time they had a data breach because they're a pretty brand new website shit happens mm-hmm. you know um cyber is expensive and complicated to implement and it's I guess there's higher stakes involved, especially when you're doing something like sex work, because not everyone is out. Not everyone is under their real name. In fact, Mm -hmm, most people mm -hmm. aren't. But Frisk did have a data breach last year, and it was a pretty new platform still. So I was like, okay, maybe they're handling it better this time. Well... They're not. And a lot of people, a lot of people in tech that are also sex workers are saying how badly the situation is being handled. Um, And I won't go into details because I am not Sandra Bullock in the net. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck. I don't know anything about cybersecurity. So, but I would say, Angela Bennett,
1: where are you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. I would say avoid frisk. Because it's just not, it's apparently just not a secure site. And that goes for customers, too. You know, you never know if your information is going to be a... Your credit card, your name, all that shit. Exactly. So, that all being said, let's talk about the tweeting isn't organizing tweet for a little bit. And just go a little bit Yeah,
1: totally. So, was it last night, DSA LA tweeted, um, and this... This is good because it, it it spans both our chapters. It's LA yeah. and Atlanta. Last night, DSA LA tweeted, uh, we regret to inform you that tweeting isn't organizing. And what did Atlanta tweet? DSA Atlanta? The, and these um, are the official accounts, folks. The
0: official accounts for our DSA chapters. Uh, they just said, that's right. And yeah. it's just like, a- I want to guarantee that that was a white person tweeting that.
1: For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So like... So, like, this tweet, you know, came out, oh, it was yesterday afternoon, came out, um, and then other DSA, official DSA chapter um, uh, accounts were, like, chiming in, like, agreeing and stuff. Yeah. And on the top level, on the surface level, this shit was just a way to get people to come to DSA LA's 101, like, their, their right. you know, DSA 101, their orientation. But on a deeper level, like what the fuck they got dragged and appropriately so for denying a the fact that like using social media pra- platforms is like an effective and uh, really viable organizing tool especially now during a time mm-hmm. when we can't you know it's it's touch and go seeing people in person and gathering large groups of people mm-hmm. and for the fact that like straight up like that's just kind of ableist yeah like, it, say, it really is it.
0: It's not, yeah, it's not hyperbole to say that something like that is ableist. And I know I've, like, said in maybe even the recent past, like, posting isn't organizing. But I want to clarify that my comments were, like, shit posting isn't shit organizing.
1: Posting. Exactly. Um, like,
0: trolling isn't organizing. I have learned so much through Twitter threads of that organizers have posted about stuff that I would not have been able to synthesize on my own. Or research on my own, but I found it through Twitter and I found extremely useful information. And people put a lot of like time and effort into like the people that do organize primarily online put a lot of time and effort into the content that they put out and are really some of the most willing people to have a discussion with you over twitter Mm -hmm. which it or even invite people into their dms which by the way can get incredibly chaotic and stressful and Mm -hmm. it's you know it's emotional labor to like you know, to engage in that kind of stuff willingly, you know, and well, I don't want to say it's like emotional labor, but it's incredibly like taxing labor to open your DMs to people that have questions to you and open yourself up to bad faith conversations and stuff. But Definitely. just to educate people like being an educator is being an organizer in a sense, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it was, it it just felt very flippant and dismissive and it, the fact that it was just like tweeting isn't organizing, come to this meeting. And it's like Y'all, like, do you not understand the irony there of that statement? And also, yeah, there's immunocompromised people that can't come to meetings. There's also people that don't want to fucking sit in any more Zoom meetings. Like, it's, right? It, if especially if you have to do it for your job, like, you don't want to be on yet another Zoom call. And people are entirely, you know, right to to not want to do that shit. Right? It's yeah. it's really
1: tiring. You know? It is, and and I think you know the critique about um, the use of social media and organizing. I think you know even five years ago, like tweeting isn't organizing, would have been a viable critique because we didn't use even five years ago we didn't use social media to the, in in the U.S. We didn't use social media in this like degree, right? But like at this point, you can't say that at all. Mm-hmm. You you can't say that at all, and um, and 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 have it hold water, you know, because like so many people have have utilized social media as a means of mutual aid to facilitate mutual aid to facilitate organizing direct action all kinds of stuff and so i i guess to me this like brings up like this really existential question and i know it's like a flip and tweet to get people to come to a fucking meeting so mm-hmm. chill out if you're going to bring that <laughs> up but like the the existential question is like are the organizing tactics that we've held true like should we like be um should we be scrutinizing them a little bit more? Should we be looking at them a little bit more critically and and embracing new tactics, right? And and I think the answer is yes. Like those traditional methods, like they worked maybe you know ten, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, but like we need to constantly be reflecting on whether or not they're working in the current material context, like, right. and 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 looking at what's coming up and seeing how that's working in the current material context, like social media, like tweeting, like um, DMs, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's also just like we want a diversity of tactics here. Like mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. there's always going to be people that have more availability to show up in person to things. There's always going to be people that, you know, due to whatever home situation or work situation are simply going to be better equipped to stay home and work on online and the thing is about a a DSA chapter saying this shit is that There's so much bulk organizing that happens online in DSA channels. So it's really Mm -hmm. weird to just shout out like this one platform because there's also, you know, yeah, tweet. okay tweeting isn't organizing. What about making educational TikToks? What about making educational Instagram posts? What about educating people on Facebook? Like you're you can't just say tweeting isn't organizing and then not point out like the fact that other areas of the internet are oh but like maybe those are valid I don't know it's just it just felt like a very shitty way to promote a meeting (laughs) like which historically DSA meetings not very fun or interesting like
1: and not very effective places to do organizing but not also like okay DSA organizing or
0: DSA meetings for DSA members that are that are already active Okay, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, we that's all, different. Yeah, it's different. But like, we we have a recruiting problem in DSA right now. We have plateaued mm-hmm. on our numbers. Wouldn't you want to try other ways to engage people other than in person meetings? Which I would, by the way, if you're trying to invite people into DSA. Do not invite them to your general meeting. It's literally the most boring thing you can invite them to. It sucks. You know, it, it sucks so bad, which is why we need things like mutual aid projects and why mm-hmm. we need social functions and why Definitely. we should. Those things should take equal priority over actual like organizing meetings. And I put that in square qu- Scare quotes. Sorry, I almost said scarecrow quotes.
1: It's almost fall, everybody. I know. I'm
0: a. I'm in. A, I'm in Christian fall girl mindset right now.
1: <laughs> changed the podcast name to the Christian Fall Girl Agenda.
0: I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was just also really disappointing to see my chapter just be like, yeah, that's right, and it's like. Okay, our chapter that historically has really not supported mutual aid efforts, that has very limited like social gatherings and stuff, that have. It's just, it's like, come on, y'all. Like. It's just a really th- shitty thing to tweet from like a chapter account. So it's like and it reinforces mm-hmm. the idea that everyone outside of DSA has about DSA, about us being fucking snarky PMC shits, you know. Right. And Who are
1: completely out of touch with like anything relevant. Yeah. So it's like, I mean,
0: as far as outreach goes, you you did yourself wrong on that. You played yourself DSA Los Angeles and DSA Atlanta, whoever posted that.
1: Yeah, fucking whack. Whack. (laughs) Anyway. okay. so now um, going from talking about uh, DSA's whack tweet, we're going to talk about another very whack situation happening, the rise of fake vaccine cards. Holy shit. I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Yeah. As more and more places are starting to uh, request that you show proof of vaccination, um, which personally I think is great. My yoga studio does it, like all these different places do it. Folks are now now uh, scamming to, to basically make uh, counterfeit vac- vaccination records so that you can get into places and not be vaccinated. What the holy fuck?
0: Right, and these are going for I think around two hundred dollars is like the average cost oh of the God. vaccine cards, according to this one video that's going around on on Twitter. <clears throat> uh huh. So apparently this is people are openly doing this on like Instagram and TikTok, by the way, like the, the there is like a social media influencer with like hundreds of thousands of followers that it, uh, she's on like Instagram and uh, and she is like openly advertising on Instagram that she sells fake vaccine cards like in batches and stuff. And some some bless bless their hearts. For real, unironically, uh, this guy on TikTok that I follow was like, well, I reached out to this lady via DMs to see exactly how she does it. And this lady has incriminated herself in DMs explaining how she's defrauding the government, basically, um, which is like a federal offense, you know? (laughs) Uh, That's got to be like super illegal, right? Yes, it comes with a – so forging government documents like that comes with a penalty of up to 5 years in jail and $8,000 in fines. And I this is where it's this is where being an abolitionist like your principles are really like tested a little bit and mm-hmm. and and you have to wonder if maybe there is a limit to what we can achieve at this point in time with an anti-carceral mindset regarding these people right. because I don't think that there is an anti-carceral solution to people Faking vaccinations to get around like business requirements for COVID, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're in healthcare. Like, I, I couldn't imagine somebody faking a vaccination card so that they could go work in a clinic or something. But this is it,
1: fucking horrific.
0: It's horrific and it's endangering so many people. According to that thread that I had, had linked, um, and I will put it in the episode description as well, the FBI is looking into it. But mm-hmm. the fact that somebody with like hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers is openly doing this shit, Instagram has not shut it down yet, despite right. it being reported over and over and over again is Mm -hmm. just really just such a failure on the part of – I mean, this is why social media needs to be fucking regulated much more strongly. And Mm -hmm. this is also why we just need, like, way, way harsh penalties for these people because nothing is getting through to them, you know. They're totally fine with killing people around them and possibly themselves. And another thing that somebody brought up, and I don't know if there is actually a very strong legal basis for this – Mm-hmm. But someone brought up that there's a, probably a good cause for the buyers and the sellers of these fake vaccination vaccination cards to be charged with manslaughter for, like, Holy shit. No intentionally way. doing this shit. Yeah, because, like, the information is out there from the government saying, like, you need to get vaccinated. Like, you're going to kill people if you're not vaccinated, right? Um, and you're going out and doing shit. So there is, like, I think a good cause for that. And I think it's only going to take one case for that to happen. But... I don't know. I'm reaching the limit here (sighs) on the the sympathy I have for people doing this shit. Like, I don't actually have sympathy for the people faking these vax cards. Yeah, Um, definitely not. I still have sympathy for people that haven't been vaccinated, but it's also incredibly difficult to, it's incredibly difficult to engage with those people, and I find myself less and less, like, willing to even try, you know, because...
1: Right, right. And and it's really, it's really fucked up, too, because it's like, when... You hear from medical uh, professionals, like health professionals, nurses, doctors, and stuff about working in the COVID ICU, mm-hmm. like the things that they say about folks who come in who are unvaccinated, um, when they're like already at the end of their rope, they're like, I want the vaccine now. Can I have the vaccine? And it's just, <laughs> just like, like no, no, it won't do anything for you. You're dying, bruh. Like, yeah. You are dying. And so it's, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to feel um, to feel any sort of, like, compassion for the position of not wanting to get vaccinated. However, I do want to point out that the the state, the government, completely and utterly bungled this to the point where, like, it is just... Uh, you could definitely make an argument for a good chunk of people not having resources and information about vaccination because mm-hmm. states were delegated to handle so much of this. And then it, right. it got shunted off to, like private business like fucking Rite Aid and CVS like there's just not enough public education out there um and the information was not accurate from the jump so like people people were already distrustful and the information wasn't being disseminated um equitably and so like you can make an argument for that you you could definitely make an argument for that but like there's still this level of 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 grifter right that is capitalizing on this and, and 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 not giving a fuck about people's lives and that is that is unconscionable i don't as an abolitionist rara you're right i don't really know what a solution would look like for that here in this instance especially like you said given the context of the fact that we are not in a abolitionist climate like Mm -hmm. we're in a very carceral carceral uh, climate Mm -hmm. but i do wonder like i i i do wonder like is there a proactive measure which i don't think the biden administration will take to like further certify actual vaccination records like in california it's all online like you can pull up your records online from the state of california website and it's a qr code right like so it's like a verifiable it's a verifiable digital copy of your records there's no way to duplicate that why isn't the federal government putting money in so that all states can have that? So that it's yeah. not possible to duplicate. Yeah, and it also doesn't
0: fucking help that um, like, and this is where this is where I do think that the government does need to fucking come in with these private companies, uh, like these publications that are being like, life post pandemic. Like, oh, what are mm-hmm. you doing now that the pandemic is winding down? And it's like. Yeah. I, I really think a good shunning is, like, in order for everybody perpetuating this myth that the pandemic is over, that we're somehow safer. And it's, like, it. it there has to be, like, some kind of public reckoning for all the people perpetuating this shit. And I don't know what that looks mm-hmm. like. I, I don't know if it becomes, like, in the form of a boycott. I don't know if yeah. it comes in the form of just... Literally shaming them on every platform and going to these companies directly and, and staging protests or something. But like mm-hmm. there is there is an acceptable amount of loss that people are willing to just fucking accept now as if mm-hmm. as if this pandemic should just be part of our lives. And that is the scariest thing culturally is when I talk to people now and especially at the club, they'll be like, yeah, I went to a concert. You know, I'm fully vaxxed, but I wasn't wearing a mask. Nobody was wearing a mask. You know, if I get COVID, I get COVID. Da 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 oh da. It's my just god. like Oh
1: my god. No. Because if you get COVID, you'll spread it to other people. Yeah, and it, like... and it's
0: like, dude, you're talking to me right now, telling me this, you're not wearing a mask, I'm not wearing a mask, but I'm at my job. I have to be here. So yeah. it's like, you're you're still spreading it. Like you're still r- responsible right. for the spread. Right. But it's like there is also another thing that's where, that is not being talked about in mainstream media, and it's that Americans are deeply suicidal people. Like, yeah, especially white Americans and like white upper, like middle to upper class Americans are deeply, deeply suicidal and deeply wow. psychically damaged by not only COVID but everything leading up to COVID and and mm-hmm. and everything about our acceptable mainstream culture that it reinforces the idea that you're it's you're you know in it for yourself you're responsible for just yourself everyone else has to look out for their interests and it's like really nobody's even examining that right now and it's nobody's even asking like why is everyone okay with possibly getting covid and dying like why mm-hmm. why because i want to live everyone yeah. I, everyone i know that's been vaccinated for the most part that is still being careful wants to fucking live. But yeah. all these crazy suicidal people, not crazy, but all these suicidal people want, are just fine, fine with it. So that's like something that really bothers me about it, like more, more so than just like the, you know, the kind of learned ignorance, like the kind of proud ignorance that is going around is like this learned helplessness and like learned mm-hmm. suicidal ideation of like, fuck it, if it happens, it happens.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's, that's so, it's, it's a little bit. Um, overwhelming to think about, like this that, and it's indicative of the fact that we, as a culture here, um, like when I say we, I mean Americans, like are very much a death cult, and we prioritize, we prioritize so much, like so much more, like profit and, um, you know, wealth over over life. Yeah, um, we're willing, we're willing to trade lives for that shit, and it's it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. I really hope that, um, you know, measures are put in place to to stop any sort of uh, fake vaccination um, rackets, I guess. And I really hope that uh, folks get vaccinated. And if you haven't been vaccinated and you listen to our show, what the fuck are you doing? Seriously. Please, for the love of God, go get vaccinated. Seriously. It's free. It's free. Mm -hmm. Um, You just got to take the time and do
0: it. And, you know, at this point, yeah, it might cut into your income. It might, you know, it might interrupt some plans you have, but it could save your life. It could save. it's it's going to save your life and it's probably going to save a lot of people's lives. So just do it. Hell yeah. All righty. So I guess we should talk about the net.
1: (laughs) On to on to from dissing the government to. um and its vulnerabilities. So, this is actually really perfect that we're going to talk about the net because um, we've been talking about uh, tech vulnerabilities and the government's um, ineptitude. Mm-hmm. And if there ever was a movie about tech vulnerabilities and the government's fucking ineptitude, it's mm-hmm. the 1995 classic. Is it a classic? I don't know. The net. So I thought it was, like, a classic kind
0: of hokey 90s movie until I was, like, talking to some people about it. They're like, oh, I've never seen it. And I was like, why am I the only one that remembers this movie?
1: I, yeah. Like, so growing up, we had a Scrambler, like, one of those, like, illegal cable boxes. Nice. So we got HBO, and it was on all the time when I was a kid. Oh yeah. It was on on all the time. But I never watched it. I was like, oh, grown-up movie. Bye. You know? um. So I'd always heard about it, but you're right. Like, it's kind of a sleeper, maybe.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it's not like by uh, you know, amazing director. Like this director went on to make a bunch of other like B level movies, and then he was, became like a <laughs> producer of like a bunch of other better movies. So, oh, wow! So he's not even like a classic like auteurs any, but anything that you should really like look into. But um, yeah, I just I always think it's funny to watch these like old tech movies from the nineties because it's interesting to see what they got right and what they got wrong about the internet. Yeah. And and this is specifically about the Internet. Right. So Sandra Bullock plays a I'm unclear what her actual job is like professional hacker or coat. What what is it exactly?
1: Yeah, so and uh, Sandra Bullock plays a, a a they call her a computer analyst. Her ah. name's Angela Bennett, but really what she does, and she's like the best in the game. She's got like twenty like old ass like gateway computers in her house and shit, <laughs> Yeah. Um, just like everywhere. Um, what she does is she'll um look at a program and she'll like um she'll like beta test it right. Right, so she looks for any vulnerabilities and like any sort of any sort of, like, glitches or any, any, anything like that, and then she flags them for the, um, the client, and then she fixes them. Mm -hmm. So, in the opening scene, she's playing Doom, which I thought was really (laughs) fucking funny. Oh, no, it's actually, it's actually the original Wolfenstein.
0: Game. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that was Shit, yeah, no, we we zoomed a- in on it and we were like, that's the Wolfenstein game. That's it was like Ugh. the original I think PC game or something. Wow. So that was even cooler.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that is even cooler. Uh, so she's testing that for the client and she finds like a weird escape key vulnerability, which'll come up a bunch later. Apparently the escape key is really, really fragile, guys. Um yeah, so so the client, like, hits on her and is like, Angela, you're amazing. I'd love to thank you by taking you out to dinner. And she's like, I've got dinner planned. <laughs> and uh, the client's like, what about tomorrow or the next day or the next day? And she's like, it's a standing arrangement. And Just, a fem- her fucking just standing- like a uh, femme Volcell, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her fucking standing arrangement is putting a, like, 24-bit like fire log burning thing on one of her monitors, and like eating a TV dinner while chatting on like AIM. Oh yeah, she orders pizza online oh, and that's like right, pizza so, online. Yeah,
0: and so this whole thing, of course, everything she does on the computer has like a ridiculously like silly interface like so when she orders oh a pizza God. which by the way like i i don't remember this um like this graphic of a pizza thing showing up until domino's started doing it in like the 2000s so yeah. it's kind of like a pioneering like so she opens up the website and it's like pizza.net <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's all like, like boop, beep, boop, yeah, boop, boop, so it's beep. like a whole pizza and then she puts the toppings and she's just like garlic garlic yeah okay and then <laughs> orders her pizza, puts on her fire log in her monitor in the living room, which is like,
1: sad as shit. Yeah, it's like she's so into computers that like she didn't even have a fucking TV. She's oh got like God. 20 monitors everywhere. So good.
0: And she got anchovies on her pizza. Real queen shit right there. A fellow anchovy lover. <laughs> um, and then she like IMs with her friends. Um, and for some reason... I don't know why they couldn't figure this out in the 90s about how to just do a better presentation of, um, like, email chats, but yeah. on, on her friend's end, when she's, like, DMing them, they come out with this really creepy, like, robotic voice as well.
1: Totally. Like, That's so weird. Even though she's
0: reading it, like, it, it, it's, like, it makes sense if you're, like, blind or you can't, like, see or anything, um, but, like, yeah, so the voices of her friends chatting with her come out in this incredibly creepy robotic voice, and then while she's typing, anytime she's typing this movie, she's repeating exactly what she's typing, which is the most irritating, like, plot device I can think of. Um, yeah. And it was like, um, I almost turned it off because I was like, this is so irritating. <laughs> it,
1: was, it was rough. Yeah. It was, she's it was, like. Yeah. <laughs> so she's in this, like, chat room with these two guys that she doesn't know. And it's just, like, they're little icons. And, you know, it's like. I think one of them is like Foxman, yeah, and the other one's like Cyber Bob guy. Something. Cyber Bob, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cyber Bob. That's right, right. Um, cyber, that's a thing. Yes, like everyone talking that. about cyber in the nineties. <laughs> um, so she's talking about like some hot guy that she, her dream guy, right? Like, and they're like, oh ho ho, Angel. That's her. That's her screen name. That's her handle, Angel. <laughs> real, real original shit, Angel right. Bennett. But anyway, the big, the big thing is. She's about to go on her first vacation in over six years. So, like, what we get in terms of exposition from this bitch is that she has no life. She has no friends and she, except for her friends in the computer, and she stays online all day, all day. So she's basically a top tier, uh, shit poster. So she's like know, a beta shit
0: poster like yeah, yeah yeah
1: she's she's like um we are the granddaughters of the Angela Bennetts who didn't burn <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Also, can I just say, as a side note, fucking Sandra Bullock in this movie can fucking get it. She's really hot and
0: she's, her hair is a disaster and her, she's not wearing a lick of makeup, but damn, she is Uh -uh. a cutie.
1: So cute. So So good. So cute.
0: So she goes on her vacation, which by the way, she books her flight the night before, like, which is like, who fucking does that shit, right? (laughs)
1: Um Well, fuck! If you have a whole ass house on the canal in Venice, like in Venice, California, like you yeah. must be loaded. Like yeah, shit. so she books her flight the night before. She
0: goes to I guess Cozumel, Mexico, which is like an extraordinarily touristy v- destination. Um, uh-huh. And she meets this really hot guy on the beach who also carried his laptop to the beach, like a fucking dork. <laughs> 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 and he ordered okay so this is actually the first time i knew what a gibson was which is why i remembered this movie it's like the one thing i remember from this movie it's like ah can i get a gibson a garçon and it's it's a martini but with an onion instead of an olive and i remember th- this so vividly that like it stayed with me for 20 plus years Wow. Um, which is but it's a weird thing to drink on the beach
1: in the yeah.
0: hot sun. Like what? Um so this Why guy you is
1: drink that.
0: Yeah. So from the get, this guy is like perfect, he, like way too perfect, right? He's obviously mm-hmm. into her. He invites her to dinner. And then he's immediately, like, quoting her favorite movie, which is Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is just such a basic bitch movie to be your favorite movie. It's true. Sorry. It's true. I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, I really related to the cat, uh, you know, just being abandoned in the rain. And she's like. Oh, my God. Totally falling for these lines. Right. And, like, yeah. does not see anything remotely weird about this, including the fact that he's like, pinpoints her exact accent as being Coloradoan, I guess. Yeah, who
1: even knew people from Colorado had that
0: Accent. They they, they like, fucking don't <laughs> like they don't have a they they have like the accent I have which is probably more of a West Coast accent. Yeah,
1: um, I just thought everyone on the general West Coast like talked kind of the same. Yeah, um,
0: and she's like, yeah, no, from point- yeah, she she he like pinpoints like oh like yeah. Colorado like Southeast Colorado or some shit, and it's like, is this not like raising any alarm bells to you because bitch you don't have an accent
1: like <laughs> yeah, and it's also like just indicative of her, like, nevete, like, to be, like, oh, this guy, we have so much in common. And, like, yeah. you know, it's her last night there, and he, like, somehow found her, and right. he somehow is perfect. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, damn, bitch. like, Yeah. so you're they are about to get got. <laughs> yeah, so they go
0: on his boat or whatever, and they go to, I guess, some other part of the beach in Cozumel. Oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. You're, you're forgetting the part oh. where they take a walk on the beach, and then she gets jacked.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, we totally did not um, – we totally did not even, like, set up that that she has this, like, disc with, like – Oh, this,
1: right, Mozart's
0: Ghost. Yeah, this mysterious, <laughs> like, mysterious program on it that her boss sends Mozart's her. Mozart's
1: Ghost. Yeah. The hottest band on the internet. Yeah, and
0: for some reason, she's carrying around this disc in her purse on a date. Um, mm-hmm. And then she – so they're – so they – so they go on his boat to a different part of the beach, and they're walking along the sand, and what proceeds is the slowest mugging of all time. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. It was it was ridiculous. It's, it's like, like they were like running they were, out of
0: film, and they're like, I guess that was fine. Like, just roll with it. <laughs> yeah.
1: The guy just like, because they're on sand, right? So, and this guy can't really run on it, so he just kind of like stumbles up, grabs her purse. She watches him for like a beat. Yeah. And then she goes, hey! And he does too, and you're like, like
0: there was no sense of urgency. It really was like a really pregnant, like, wait, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so he like you know dashing, uh, Bond esque dude that he is, he runs after the the purse jacker, and then it's like da 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 plot twist that nobody saw coming. Um, he's actually in cahoots with the mugger and mm-hmm. he's looking for something in her purse, the little disc that she has with this, um, program on it. That's like this mysterious program called Mozart's Ghost. Uh,
1: <laughs> Mozart's Ghost. I can't even say, it's like a surfer. It's yeah. like Mozart's Ghost. Yeah, it's
0: so sick. Uh.
1: <laughs> uh, pretty good
0: name for a band though, honestly. Um. I know. So yeah, so he shoots the mugger because and and like takes all the takes the disk from her purse whatever. And then I don't know why he didn't just like kill her on the beach, but he takes her yeah. back on the boat. Now that and she and she's he was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, couldn't get your shit back." Takes her back on the boat and then as they're on the boat, like making out or whatever, and they make love, and then she's wrapped in his jacket, and he goes below deck to get something, and he comes back, and she's like, "What's this gun for?" <laughs> it's
1: just like, <laughs> I, yeah, I actually really liked that scene. <laughs> um.
0: It was kind of, it was kind of like a vulnerable moment for her, right? Like she was just like,
1: "What? What? Why do you have this gun?" But also, but also the part, so like, so he's like. Give me the gun. And then, you know, they have this. Ex- she gives them the gun and they have this exchange. And then he tries to shoot her, but she took the mag out. Yeah. And that's the part that I loved because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in Col- from Colorado, you probably have been around some guns. She's right. been around some guns. I think she even says that. Yeah. um, And she took the mag out. So she knew how to take the mag out and yep. like d- disable that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, um, she
0: actually fucking like fights this guy off. Um, escapes from the boat and then crashes the little boat that she's in on a bunch of rocks, I guess. And that then,
1: was so... I was like, yeah, she's gonna get away! And then she just like,
0: ah! Yeah, but to be fair, it's like pitch black, right? Like, in the movie, totally. obviously not. But if that was to happen to you in real life, you would not see that fucking rock coming, right? So she, No, I, I'd be a dead bitch. <laughs> so she like slams in these rocks and through some miracle, I guess, just ends up laid out on a rock. And she wakes up in a Mexican hospital... And everyone's like, OK, who the fuck are you? And as she's trying to get back to the States, she's got like no money, no documents, nothing. She's approached by, I guess, somebody that works at the embassy, the U.S. embassy, and is like, hey, are you are you Ruth Marks? Like, we got your visa for you. And she's obviously not Ruth Marks. She's Angela Bennett. But she's got no money, no resources. And she's like, fuck it, I'll sign this paperwork. Something really weird's going on. And gets back into the country, finds out that her fucking house is taken over. Yeah, like, and being sold. And being sold. And, of course, she's a fucking Volcel uh, introvert, so nobody knows who the fuck she actually is and what she looks like. So now she's, like, on the run because when they run Ruth Marks as a visa... Um it comes up with let's see I wrote it all down here. What it's did like they narcotics, accuse her? Of?
1: Prostitution. <laughs> yeah, dropped um, out at
0: 14, family on welfare since 1975, treatment of venereal diseases. It's like, "Oh, I why okay."
1: A, why is that in the, in the police a report? report? Of, yeah. yeah. It's
0: like, "Okay, so you're trying to denote all of this as her being a bad person, but it's just like, wow, this is really gross. Like what a weird yeah. choice." <laughs> like like, wow, oh, prostitution. As if, like, that's a danger to society, right? So, yeah, so she's on the run and she gets in touch with the only person that actually knows who she is, which is her ex-therapist slash ex-lover who, who is played by... Alan, Alan Champion? Alan Champion, yeah. And he's played by Dennis Miller to great effect, by the way. He was <laughs> yeah, great. it was great. It was excellent. Such a good combination of, like, lovable scumbag.
1: Very 90s energy. Yeah, like. yeah.
0: Just textbook, like... Just non-listening medical professional because he's just like, you know, here's what I think is actually happening, and she's like, "Bitch, my identity was stolen. Like, you're not yeah. listening to me." And he's like, "Yeah, so we can like date again, right?" And it's just like the most oh god fucking masked toxic bullshit ever, right?
1: <laughs> and then on top of all that, so on top of all that, that guy um, was his name. I can't remember his name. Um, Oh, is it the politician guy? No, no, no. The um, the guy who's chasing her.
0: Uh, Breslin. I, Dreslin, I think, is his Dreslin? name. Dreslin? Yeah.
1: Well, that guy, he is, like, he's also, like, weirdly, like, obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. So, like, back in Cozumel, they were at a restaurant, and the, like, the waitress took a photo of them, yeah. like, a Polaroid, and he kept it. Yeah, what and a so freak. He's, like, yeah, and so, you know, they're... As the movie progresses, um, and she starts to figure out what's going on, um, you know, there's a point where they start talking, like, you mm-hmm. know, on the phone, he'll, like, call her and be like, you need to do this or that, and he'll, he, he tries to, like, be romantic with her, and it's so fucking creepy. So creepy. He's like, oh, no, we so really have a lot in common, and I'm attracted to you, I, I'm still
0: attracted to you, and it's, like, gross. Well, so fucking what? You want to kill me, dude? Like, yeah. Yeah. So this whole movie is really about how men use the internet to gaslight women. Um, (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so uh, along the way, she figures out what this mysterious Mozart's ghost program actually is. And it's um, and she like hacks the program or something. And what it is, is in the beginning. So in the beginning of the movie, I should say that this politician, he's under secretary of defense. Um, He kills himself and it comes out later that he was um, like an extremely homophobic politician and he kills himself because he has – he's positive with the AIDS virus, right? Mm -hmm. And – HIV, yeah. Yeah. So along the way, she figures out – like she accesses his medical records through this program and finds out that he was not positive with HIV. Da-da-da-da. Some kind of weird like government conspiracy is brewing Mm – um, it's kind right. of unclear to me, like, they didn't really do a great job of, like, centering the central conflict, which was that, like, this company was using a program called Gatekeeper to get every th- access to the entire federal government and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I guess, like, I don't really understand why um, this guy was killed,
1: other than maybe... But he was, like, he was opposition to the program. He had a lot of concerns, and so right. they were like... They killed him in this really like scandalous, discrediting way because mm-hmm. he was like homophobic. So they, you know, it, it's the it's the mid '90s, and mm-hmm. so the '80s AIDS panic mm-hmm. was still, you know, pretty fresh, right? So, so that's why they they made it seem like he had HIV, um, which is like fucking stupid. Yeah,
0: I mean, especially because it didn't seem like he was. It didn't seem like he was. There, there was no cons like oh, he was secretly seeing, like, male prostitutes or something. It was like, no, he was just, like, a ner- like a healthy guy in a hetero relationship that got HIV. But it's like, I guess, yeah, the gay panic or whatever um, was, like, a-, a theme in this. So, yeah, so she finds out about this... Uh, That the gatekeeper program is compromised by the Praetorians, which is a pretty cool name for, like, some cyber. That is a pretty cool name. Like, hacker terrorists, right? And if the Praetorians have their way, the gatekeeper system would be used all across the federal government, right? So that's what Dreslin is trying to get from her, is this program that proves all this shit. And this dude, like, this dude Dreslin. Okay, I really hate the use of silencers in movies. God, me too. It's Me Fucking too. It's so ridiculous. Like American action movies wouldn't exist, honestly, without the without the silencer that sounds like pew 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 pew. pew. And it's like a silencer like, for, put, put. for for those who don't know, a silencer on a gun just sounds like a slightly less loud gun.
1: Like it takes the like it kind of dampens the boom, but not the crack. So it's yeah. still really loud. It's still hell loud. And these guys are using it in like
0: places like the circus or whatever or some shit and it's like you'd still fucking hear a gunshot at the circus and people would still yeah. fucking run right <coughs> excuse me so so there, a lot of stuff happens like uh sandra bullock is like evading you know these like this hacker dude dreslin there's this one part where she jumps off of like a suspension bridge and And it was like the lamest stunt of all time because the bridge starts (laughs) separating and she's like, "Uh, should I jump? And then she jumps and it's like a four foot jump. (laughs) (coughs) And then Dresden's like, Dresden's like fucking pulling up with his car and then he like stops at the bridge and it's like a seven foot jump. And it's like, and he just gets out of his car on the bridge as it's raised and is like, God, he got away. And it's like, did y'all run out of money for stunts cuz that would have been I could have cleared that shit. I'm not even stuck yeah. stunt driver. You just it's go fast. It's way too much
1: money. They spent way too much money on the Foley sounds for the silencer <laughs> and and the computer like right okay, the computer so like, uh, all the budget. boot beeps, all the boot beeps. Was that real? Like Was that real? Like in the 90s, did every fucking computer go beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 every time you typed? I don't don't remember that. I don't
0: think so. I don't think it was that. I remember so many boop, beeps. It was egregious. And yes, they definitely ran a stunt money because of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every boop, every beep is $5. It's
0: just So. so cheap. So going into, I won't go into like every, we've we've gotten pretty in depth in this movie already. So basically she goes to her old job to like hack into the mainframe of the Praetorian mainframe, right, to stop them. And she's trying to find the Angela, ben, the fake Angela Bennett they put in there to like as a as a safeguard right like um to basically erase her so this fake Angela uh-huh. Bennett is in this office and she pulls a fire alarm gets her out of the office right in a very cle- uh-huh. in a very clever move and then hacks yeah, him, was good yeah hacks into uh fake Angela's computer and does this really weird like search th- like command prompt on the computer which I thought was really funny because she literally gets a message from Praetorian and she goes, she just types in, who is Praetorian, and it comes up with their IP address, which is not even protected. <laughs> like, And the IP address goes directly to the billionaire that's like responsible for all this shit, and it literally has a profile of him. It's like, Jeff Gregg, billionaire investor. And it's like, which by the way, Jeff Gregg is the most low effort name for a fictional character. Jeff <laughs> Gregg. Just so <laughs> stupid. <laughs>
1: Jeff it's like Greg. Ricky Bobby, but yeah, for the Docker set.
0: <laughs> Greg with two G's. I I guess that's somewhat better. Whatever. Um. Yeah. So now, so uh, Dreslin catches up with her after she does this, right, and follows her to a tech convention that just happens to be going on like across the street. And oh, it's it's really funny. I don't know if you caught this, but as she's like running to the tech convention, there's all these protesters. And it's unclear what they're protesting, but but I, like, paused at one point. Medicare for all. What what is it?
1: Medicare for all. Yeah. Okay,
0: is that what they're doing? Because I saw, like, healthcare is a right on one of the protest signs. I was like, whoa, what the fuck was happening? I'm, like, also sad that we're still fucking debating this shit. I know. Um, 20 years later. Yeah. And so... (laughs) Uh, so she goes, and she goes to this convention hall, which for some reason has, like, all these open computers that you can just come in and just fucking do whatever on. And yeah, and they're all linked
1: somehow? And they're so, all okay. linked,
0: which is, makes no fucking sense. Um, so she, like, uh, uploads the fucking information, emails the FBI, is just like, hey, suck, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, and Dreslin and Fake Angela ca- catch up to her and are like, "Bitch, we caught you. We're just gonna go uh-huh. into the FBI and change what you said and like delete yeah. it." And little to their knowledge, she had switched the discs at the last minute. And with the virus that she had been working on in the beginning of the movie, so when he presses escape to guess delete her fucking fbi email a virus uploads and just like pixelates everything and do 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 do, 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 do. um which I, in the history of viruses i've never done that um no, it's never that dramatic <laughs> usually it just fucks and fucking crashes your shit and it shuts down yeah. right yeah. so do 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 and then every single computer in there is also infected with a fucking
1: virus yeah and and then for some reason for some reason her like <laughs> Um, Ruth Marks' uh, police profile shows up, yeah, and then it, it just like you, it, on the big screen, it just dissolves, <laughs> and she just watches it dissolve, and it's like Ruth Marks is gone. Yeah,
0: but also like, and as 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 my boyfriend was pointing out, who is who is an IT guy, he's like, yeah, it's really not a great mainframe system if you can ruin it with one keystroke, <laughs> like, uh, so so yeah so this whole thing happens Dreslin like kills Angela for some fucking reason I don't remember why and then or not Angela fake Angela fake Angela yeah and then like chases after uh, real Angela who then beats the shit out of him with a fire extinguisher uh, drops like (laughs) gives him a good ass balcony death he just flips over the balcony yeah it was pretty good onto a forklift You're certified, bitch. Right. Um, and then so it, it kind of skips towards the end of the movie where there's a news report, another very, very lazy cinematic device to explain the end of a movie, right? And she's with she's hanging out with her mom in her garden. She's literally finally touching grass, you know, for the first time. Yeah.
1: That that was literally touching grass. Like she was literally doing that. Oh my god. She logged
0: off, folks. She logged off. She's like, she's literally like, Oh, let me just send this email. Okay, mom, let's go plant shit together. And um, and then it's happily ever after for Angela Bennett and her mom. Uh not so much for Dennis Miller, who did get killed. We totally glossed over yep. that, but
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, he got killed and like six or seven other people too. Yeah, right. yeah. Just a lot of collateral damage. But um Um the the I, I would say that the like the main takeaway two things. First um my husband pointed out as we were watching it he was like damn i'm like blanking on the name i i can't believe this uh Uh, yeah hackers fuck i can't believe i (laughs) forgot the name so my husband my husband pointed out two things my husband pointed out that hackers and the net came out the same year wow 1995 but hackers feels like it it could have been like it feels so contemporary Mm -hmm. and then the net we were watching it and we we're like, shit, this feels like what we remember the 80s movies feeling like. Yeah. This feels so
0: old. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just funny because it's like the whole movie is like, look what you could do with the internet. And it's like, yeah. order a pizza, book a flight, like yeah. have your entire identity stolen. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> it's just like really weird. But, but also like h- having had my identity stolen, like, yeah, that shit fucking sucks. But it's, it's not... um it, it this really only could have happened with somebody like Angela Bennett's character, where literally nobody fucking knew her. Like she didn't have any con. Even her neighbor didn't know what she looked like because she was just such an um, introvert, right? It was such a literal way to look at identity theft instead of the actual identity theft that happens it's much more insidious in a way um and mu- obviously way more realistic because you know someone takes all your shit and then you can't get your fucking stimulus from the government thanks thanks for mm-hmm. that whoever stole my fucking mm-hmm. id um oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah this wait is, that really happened to you
0: yeah this this happened uh last year when i tried to file my taxes um this is pre-pandemic i, I always file early And I went to H&R Block and I was just like, did the whole thing. And then when they were trying to file it, they were like, oh, um, we got like a ping from the federal government or from the IRS that was like, yeah, you can't file this on her behalf because her identity was stolen. So she has to just turn it in herself, which I don't understand why they couldn't have turned it in still, because all I did was take everything that they assembled and then send it myself. Um, yeah But So this has still not been resolved By the way I never got either stimulus check um, Oh my god And it's god. likely related to that
1: um, But every They Ruth marks you Yeah
0: they Ruth marks my, my ass And uh, <laughs> But every 90 days I get a lovely letter From the IRS Saying hey We're still working on it Contact us again In another 90 days <laughs> Motherfuckers like, This has been going on For like Over a year and a half now so. Yeah
1: So Yay Technology We love it <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, um my next my next uh tech film from the 90s and I think this might be my last one will be Sneakers. Sneakers. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, this is like a real like culty one. It it came out in 1993 and it's um it's before they were even called hackers. They they called them sneakers. What? Um yeah. Yeah, they called <laughs> these guys sneakers. Um and and apparently though, um for as far as tech movies goes, it's like one of the most accurate um, movies for how like hacking and computer work looks mm. in the 90s.
0: Hell um, yeah. Well, I'm down to watch yeah. it with you. Um, we we don't necessarily have to do another episode about it. Um, people might be over it, but we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. see. But I, that sounds like really interesting. Um, I was reminded through watching this movie of another like 90s movie about hackers um, that nobody has seen before. It's with Patrick Stewart and Vincent Kartheiser. Stewart? Who what? I had a massive crush on in the 90s. It, it, it was called Masterminds. And it was made oh. in 1997. And it's about a teenage hacker who is, like, visiting an all, like, or is, like, in an all-boys, like, private school mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's taken over by terrorists. And oh, wow. And Patrick uh, Stewart is the mastermind terrorist. So he's like outsmarting. Oh, I, he's outsmarting whoa. Patrick Stewart's like cybersecurity basically. It's it's really cheesy and really fun and there's an infamous scene from it.
1: <coughs> so that's it, folks. That's the show for today. We want to remind you again, um if you are not subscribed to our Patreon, please uh, show us some love. Um, again, we're doing a uh, limited tier. Um, you can get in, the first 20 listeners can get in on the $1 level. Boop so, boop. yeah. So, get all of that prime, um, premium content hot and fresh uh, every week. <laughs> and, yeah. All right. And don't forget to cool your mainframes.
0: <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye.